Hi, hello, and welcome to Solar Sisters. I'm Erica. And I'm Kerr. And today we're talking about cults. Fun, fun. It's going to be interesting. So you might hear about your favorite cult. <laughs> <laughs> you might hear about your church. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> that would really suck. I sure hope not. Reference last week's episode. Yes. To make sure that you're following a godly church. Yeah. All right. Let's get on with it. <laughs> I know this is a weirdish topic, but it kind of is the opposite of what we talked about last week. <laughs> if you are committed to a local church that preaches the gospel, you're not in a cult. At least <laughs> a Christian definition of the word cult. Because like the general definition of the word cult is just like a followers who follow a religion. So technically every religion is a cult. But we're talking about from the Christian perspective of a cult, that would be like a, well, I have lots of characteristics. So let's just talk about those. So I'm sure when all of you hear the word cult, you immediately have a picture in your head or um, you immediately think of some religion that's like, oh, that's immediately a cult. You're probably right for the record, but to for the Christians listening, I mean... I suppose most of you are Christians, but if you're not a Christian, we're talking about the Christian perspective of what a cult is. So I think the most important thing, the most important characteristic to look out for is a distortion of who Jesus is and or who and what the Trinity is. Because every cult acknowledges Jesus and or the Trinity in some way. But there is a major distortion of who Jesus and or the Trinity is for their own personal agenda. Because people can't ignore Jesus. I promise you, every single religion in the world acknowledges Jesus in one way or another. And it's either, oh, he's just a good prophet. Or, oh, he's a okay teacher. Some say that he's an alien. Some... <laughs> say that he was just a man who was given divine powers in order to heal people, in order to do all the things that he did. So there's always a distortion of who Jesus is because people can't ignore Jesus because there's too much historical evidence to back up that he actually existed as a person. There's more evidence for Jesus existing than there is for George Washington. So think about that for a second. That's pretty crazy. We can't ignore the miracles of Jesus because there's too much evidence, scripture and extra biblical texts and historians and all that that affirm that what he did actually happened to and that affirms that he actually raised from the dead to affirm that he ascended to heaven seated next to the father. There is so much evidence for that. There's so much eyewitness testimony within scripture. And so people can't ignore Jesus. There's too much proof around him to just kind of like throw him off to the side. <laughs> but here's the thing. Demons don't ignore Jesus either. They acknowledge who he is and they twist who he is. They twist the Trinity and share that with the world. Like remember when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness? Satan used scripture. He wasn't just like pulling stuff out of his butt. He knew the word of God and used it to try to tempt Jesus. But Jesus being God 
knew what Satan was doing and knew how to counter his arguments because he also knew scripture too. So if you want to avoid being tricked into a cult, (laughs) we have to know the word of God. You got any thoughts over there? Yeah, I have some qualities or characteristics of cults that I found through my research going into this episode. And kind of like what you were saying, the, the definition of a cult is like excessive worship or zeal for an ideology or a belief system or a truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's Christianity. Yeah. Am I in a cult? And I, I think you just, dis- you distinguish them so well of we have full right to worship Jesus because he is God. Yes. And we were created to worship and if our worship is misplaced outside of the Trinity, outside of God, we have some things to sort out. Uh-huh. And so if you're a Christian and you're listening to this and you look up what the definition of a cult is or you hear maybe one of the characteristics and you're like, oh my gosh, my church does that? That doesn't mean that you're automatically in a cult. Right. Do not hear that. <laughs> but there are some that are really not good. So if you hear them and your church does these things, that doesn't mean that you're in a cult, but it it might mean that you have a cult-like personality running around in your church. And that, I think that would be a red flag. Yes. Um, so some of the characteristics that I have is the first one is a group displays excessive zeal or unquestioning commitment to its leader in mm-hmm. regards to his belief system, ideology, and practices as truth or law. And mm. I want to distinguish a charismatic leader because like Jesus, we have an excessive zeal for him and we should have an unquestioning commitment to God because he is the one that was the author and the perfecter of our faith. Mm-hmm. So, yes. of course, we should have a zeal for this belief system or ideology, and we should practice it as truth or law. Mm-hmm. But I would say that like, if you have an excessive zeal or unquestioning commitment to your pastor, that would be a red flag. Yes. If you have a submission to a human that you are supposed to have a submission for Christ, that's a problem. um, You don't follow Paul, you don't follow Apollos, you follow Christ. Yes. Uh, Questioning doubt and dissent are discouraged or even punished. Mm, Yeah. I know a lot of people within the Christian faith that have felt that way from their churches, and I am so, so sorry Mm -hmm. if that has been you or that is you. That you don't feel like you can ask questions and that you can share your doubts because you absolutely can. Because we see that Christ didn't respond in a rebuking manner when Thomas asked him. He said, why don't you feel for yourself? Right. And I mean paraphrase, but... Yes. Um, so questioning and doubts aren't bad so long as they lead you to a deeper relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. You, I don't want you to doubt and then fall away from God because I think that's what a lot of condemnation does for doubts. It just makes you shut them off or push them down and then that can harbor bitterness within your soul. Yeah. So I think that um, if your church discourages you from asking questions or airing your doubts, then you should probably find a new church or, or correct them and, may, and let them know that's what they're doing because they might not even know. Yeah, that's um, true. Mind-altering practices are used Mm. in excess and serve to suppress doubts about the group and its leaders. Yes. So if your church is doing this, 
please get out. Yes. Please, please, please get out. Good. That's called brainwashing. <laughs> don't, don't be a part of that. No, 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 no. Uh, another one that I have is leadership induces guilt or shame in order to influence and control members. Peer pressure and subtle forms of persuasion are also used. Yeah. And this also goes into cutting ties to family and friends. Yep. Or you're encouraged to live and socialize only with other group members. Right. Cults control all your social spheres. But I also know that the Bible talks about not to be unequally yoked or not to hang out with unbelievers so that way you're not, like, your morals aren't corrupted or not to be conformed by the world but be transformed by the new of your mind. Yep. And so what that means is that you, it, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have non-believing friends. But what that does mean is that you shouldn't surround yourself as one body with those non-believers because they don't have the same moral compass as you. And it's not like Christianity is all this, like, moral code. But there is a law that we still follow in order to honor God. Mm-hmm. And if your friends aren't coming at life with that perspective, then they're not honoring God no matter how good of a person you think that they are. And so there is an aspect of Christians don't associate themselves primarily with non-believers. But what this is talking about is like, if your family and friends don't agree with the cult, you ter- like you push them away. Mm-hmm. You do not have any contact with them. Yep. Usually you live within like... I think most of the cults that come to my mind at least have their own, like, property and house that they worship in or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there are some cults that don't. Right. But a lot of cults that immediately come to my mind, like, especially Waco. I mean, he he had his own property. Charles Manson, his property was 25 miles away from the city or any sort of, like, contact with the outside world. So if the girls really wanted to leave, they could take a 25-mile hike. <laughs> yeah, That's no so one crazy. really wants to do that. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of cults are preoccupied with making money. Yes. And I think that's all I... Oh, and one more. The leader is not accountable to any authorities. Yes. So I, that's God. a big one. Yes. Um, and I think some churches can do that. Some churches can think that the head pastor is the head of the whole church and therefore can't be rebuked, but that is not biblical. No. Uh, refer to last week's episode. As a member, as one body, you are called to rebuke people. You are called to let them know that they are not living a life that is up to the standard that God has prescribed for his people. Or you might be the one that's being rebuked, and that's fine too. You've got to repent. And you got to turn away from it. But in a cult, that person that's in authority does not have anybody to do that. Otherwise, they will be punished. Yes. He is Pharaoh. (laughs) Because that is like doubting or questioning or dissent. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about, that can be discouraged. That can even be punished. And mind-altering practices can be used as well. Yep. So... Those are all that I have. Yeah, I have a lot of those too. I think I think a huge one that happens in a lot of cults, not all. So like these characteristics that we're presenting aren't like exhaustive and they have to meet all of these in order to be a cult. I would say a good portion of them meet these qualifications though. <laughs> For example, sexual abuse. Nearly every cult, you either have to sleep with the leader or they have to see you naked in some way to have some sort of like control over you or like put you in a state of vulnerability so that you have a dependency on the leader in that way 
because sexual abuse is man- manipulative. That's totally what happened in Waco. Yes. David Koresh mm-hmm. did that with 13-year-old girls. He would even yep. marry them. Yep. And so... Yep. It's horrible. And some of, the, some of the people in the cult didn't like that. Yeah. But they were discouraged from questioning or doubting. Yeah. And they went through these mind-altering practices mm-hmm. that were a way to serve pushing away their doubts. Yep. And... And that's the same thing that happened with Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, if you didn't know that. He would marry young girls. He had 16 wives, I believe, something along the lines of that. Yikes, I don't know. And That's so sad to think about. I know. That's heartbreaking. I know, it's so sad. There's also um, works righteousness is a huge practice within cults. That in order for the leader to love you, you have to do a certain amount of things in order to reach a certain ranking or to be considered a true follower of them or something along those lines. And Scientology meets this qualification perfectly. There's there's a literal ranking within Scientology and you have to hit like level like 85 to be considered anything of value. Holy cow. Yeah. How many levels are there then? Do you know? I have no idea. Oh my gosh. A if lot. anyone knows anybody in Scientology, big yikes. Big one. yikes. And two, let us know how many levels there are. <laughs> <laughs> Scientology has nothing to do with Christianity, FYI. They just put a cross on their logo so they can get a tax exemption for claiming a religious group. Evil. Evil. Um, cults will redefine terms to make sure they align with their agenda. So they will twist and manipulate words in the same way that you can twist and manipulate scripture to make sure people are in line with their agenda so that people have a certain language to know whether someone is in the group or out of the group. So there's a lot of um, groupthink out of that. Like 1984 groupthink is what I'm talking about. And another word that you can use is a mom mentality. That people all have to think a certain way to be considered in the group. And if there's any sort of free thinker, they are either ostracized from the group or they are abused or some sort of, quote, disciplinary action has to take place with them in order to make sure that they are in the groupthink, which is... Sad, because I feel like we can see this in in our culture growing, just at large, in the mainstream media, so to speak. A huge aspect in a lot of cults is racism. That there is a manipulation to a certain group of people in order for them to be submitted under the leader. So I think of Jim Jones, and he's the Kool-Aid dude, in case you didn't know. If you don't know what that means, look up Jim Jones. And drinking the Kool-Aid, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, only if you're in a good state of mind. Yes. Don't do it when you're it's sad. It's dark. Don't do it when you're sad. It's very dark. Do it when you're like in a medium, like a <laughs> mid-level enjoyment. Because you don't want to be too happy and do it. Yes. And you don't want to be too sad and do it. Yes. <laughs> but Jim Jones, he was a cult leader in the 60s, I believe. I think so too. If I remember correctly. And um, he was one of the first white men to adopt a black kid i'm pretty sure like his son jim jones jr is a black kid and most of his target audience were black people because they wanted to create a a the words that he used was a socialist communist state in order to create equity for people of color familiar language isn't it but then he tried to poison them well because they weren't getting what they demanded for the people of color they did a revolutionary suicide it Mm -hmm. was the oppressors who did this to the oppressed 
And there were, um, I know, but they also did it to themselves. They had several situations like the the day they drunk the Kool-Aid. They had lots of those meetings where they were drinking Kool-Aid. So um, a lot of people just thought this was another one of those routines. They didn't realize that there was actually poison in it, but it was just a um, conditioning practice. And uh, I'm pretty sure 900 people, including children, were killed that day. That's the part about Waco that gets me too, is like so much harm can be avoided. If you just know scripture. Yeah. Like the FBI came in and raided his house, this house with all the people. And a lot of the kids were saved, but there were some that weren't. And I think what happened was they they had tear gas put into the house and it was flammable. And the whole house caught on fire. <sighs> and a lot of people, including children, died. Women and children passed yeah. away. Have you heard of the, um, the Nexium cult? No. It's a... A recent cult that people are just now getting uh, jail time and fines for. But there were people within that cult. It was like a pyramid scheme situation, Mm -hmm. but to the point where people were like branding themselves with the CEO's name and all this stuff. Like literal like branding like you you would an animal? Yeah. Like a cow or something? Yeah, but Ah. like almost like a tattoo. So instead of like one searing motion it was like sketched on for like a half hour kind of thing that is commitment yeah but these people um a lot of them who came out of the cult started saying things like i don't even know what is reality anymore and i don't know if i'm getting into another cult or not wow like every moment they're thinking that how scary is that well i would be scared too Mm -hmm. like even like, leaving a church that has hurt you is scary. I can't imagine trying to find something after coming out of a, like, literal cult. Yeah. That is scary. It's very scary. That is so sad. It's so about. interesting to think of, like, the psychology behind it because our minds are quick to associate anything similar as that. Like, even though, like, it's run by different people, they have a different name, different history, different background, all these things, but if they say one thing similar as a previous church or a previous leader did, it's like, nope, nope. Or on the opposite end, it's like, oh my gosh, they did this thing. I must follow them with my whole life. It's like we go to either extreme in our minds. Like we have no balance and discernment when we don't have Christ, truly. I think a very interesting characteristic that a lot of cults have in common, not all of them, but a great amount, is that there is a, quote, great apostasy until this particular leader or this particular cult began. So what they mean by that typically is that from the time of the apostles, from scripture, after the apostles died and went away, the true church died with them until uh, Joseph Smith started bringing his church around or fill in the blank whatever leader you can think of. There are so many cults like organized, established cults, maybe like Jehovah Witnesses, they have that same kind of idea as well with, um, what's their freaking magazine called? Do you know? The Watchtower. The Watchtower. Until that was established, the true church of God didn't exist kind of thing. And they needed this magazine to... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I know Jehovah's Witnesses, but, but I think that's an interesting characteristic because they want to believe that they are like the next Messiah kind of thing. Which is so interesting. I also think there is a twisting of authentic history that accompanies cults as well. 
So they will twist true history. They could totally change it to be complete opposite of what actually happened. And make people believe that. And in particular, these cults do this tactic in times of uncertainty. So if you hear of more cults rising because of the wonderful 2020 we had, don't be surprised. Because cults rise in uncertainty because people need certainty <laughs> in order to function. So people will people have this natural desire to find purpose, to find something greater than themselves to live for. We have this innate desire within us because we are designed for Christ. But Satan has a wonderful way of guiding us off the path to Christ into all of these fringe movements that try to mimic Christ. So a lot of times you'll see, um, like um, when Jim Jones rose up, it was in a time of intense racial diversity in the country. And because he used the tactics of trying to come across as, not to use a pop culture word right now, but tried to come across as anti-racist to the culture around them, he brought a lot of people in and he unified a lot of white people and black people in a time when there was a lot of segregation. So in times of uncertainty, in times when people are gonna claim impending doom and end times and all this stuff, cults will rise because people want to find something greater than themselves, which is why in times of uncertainty, Christians better be preaching the gospel all the more because people are searching for a purpose, people are searching for a meaning, and we have to give them the true meaning because all these cults want to draw people in for their own benefit and nothing more, which is really sad. I think there is some hope though because if you know some of these cults and you know anybody that's in them, like what Kara says, she knows some people that are Jehovah's Witnesses. I know some people that are Mormons and it's really, really sad to think about, I'm not going to see these people in heaven if they don't reject the false gospel that they're believing. Yeah. We don't mean to label these things as cults to sound like we have it all together and we're totally right, but we do have the truth and we should boast in that. We should boast in Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life and nothing else. And so I think there is hope though, if you know some people that are in them to look up how to evangelize to them, how to offer the true Jesus to them. Because again, like what Kirsten was saying in the beginning, every cult has some kind of twisted version of Jesus, whether yeah. they call him Jesus or not, or whether they call it God or not. They all have some kind of higher power that has similar attributes to God that we serve, mm -hmm. to the God of the Bible, to the actual capital G God. Mm -hmm. I have a book called Cults, World Religions, and the Occult. Mm -hmm. And at the end of every chapter, the author offers ways to evangelize to them. Like what points to compare to what scripture says and how to offer truth to these people who are believing lies. And I think that's really, really cool. And so if you guys know anybody that might be in a cult, there's ways to help get them out of it. That's only through Christ. That is only through the true living Christ. Yeah. Do you have any fun examples of cults that we can talk about? More like than I have, what we've already had. I have um like the Hare Krishna. Ooh, okay. Um the Hare Krishna, there is no Jesus Christ that is recognized. Mm -hmm. But the Krishna is worshipped as God, mm -hmm. one of the few non Christian movements movements that worships a God that is personal and infinite. Um the Hare Krishna believes also that everybody has an eternal spirit, but when you die, you don't go anywhere other than you're reincarnated. Yeah. Um, there is no imputed sin or sin nature. Sin is actually caused by 
ignorance or an illusion. Mm. Yeah, Hare Krishna is a fringe branch off of Hinduism who focus more so on the god Krishna. And if you study Hinduism at, at all, Krishna is their Jesus figure. He has a very similar story to Jesus, but obviously not true because he's not real. Right, like like Mormonism has a Jesus Christ. They have mm-hmm. their own version of Jesus Christ. But Hare Krishna doesn't have Jesus Christ, but they have this offset of him. And I think they claim that their sacred texts were like 500 years before the Bible. <laughs> but then you Probably. actually research it and that's not true. No. Again, like what Kerr said, they will do anything to change history. Mm-hmm. They will absolutely change historical fact in order so that you might believe what they believe that you might be brought into their swirling whirlwind of uh, craziness yes (laughs) and so um salvation for people that are in the Hare krishna cult um is by chanting the Hare krishna mantra and performing devotional services to krishna so it's all works based Mm-hmm. I remember listening to an interview with someone who used to be a Hare Krishna and now he's a Christian. He said that he was so devoted to the movement that he would stop going to work. He would stop doing all of the extracurricular activities that he wanted to do. And he would just chant Hare Krishna, Krishna Hare, Hare Hare, Krishna Krishna Hare over and over and over again for hours. And That's when creepy. he wasn't doing that, he was devoting his time to building a Hare Krishna temple or whatever. Which, there's one in Utah, and Mormons go to it when they have festivals. What? Which I think is so fascinating. (laughs) That is fascinating. (laughs) I was going to say, the Mormons are going to be mad. No. But they're not. Because they don't even believe their own religion, let's face it. (laughs) I think I actually remembered reading something about that. That Mormonism is tied into, like, this other cult. That might have been it. Might have been it. That they, like... Go to these campfires and they do these dances with mm-hmm. with other people as yeah, a way to probably. serve God or something. Yeah, there's like um, there's this big festival that Hare Krishnas do, where they just like they have like powder paints that they throw into the air. Like you can look up pictures of it. Yes, that's have you what seen, it was. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mormons go to that because mm-hmm. it's fun. <laughs> I didn't. I guess I didn't make the connection that it was, Hare was those Krishna. Two. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's so fascinating. They have two sacred books, but I don't even want to try to pronounce them so you can look it up i wonder is one the bhagavad gita uh-huh yeah and then the other one is that same b word that you just said bhagavad uh-huh and piranha piranha oh i don't know i don't know i've read the bhagavad gita i have it what if you want to read it you can read it that is so cool i have a spanish uh, book of mormon if you want to read that <laughs> <laughs> well i can't read spanish I, so oh. well <laughs> my dad backstory to that my dad had a court date in Prescott okay. because he was fixing some boy's fishing pole, fishing line, and he tried to he cast it out trying to make sure that it worked before he gave it back. But the ranger or someone came up to him as he was doing that, and he didn't have a fishing license. So my oh, dad was no. like, I was just helping this boy. I wasn't, like, trying to fish. And the guy was like, no, tough chiz. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so my dad had to go to court to fight this thing. Aww. And um, I went with him because I was curious what what Fisher's Court was like. And <laughs> on our way back, I think, we stopped at a Five Guys. And in the Five Guys parking lot was this, like, present. And it said, open if you want, like, purpose to your life. It really changed me, what? blah, blah, blah. So we opened it in the Five Guys, and it was a Spanish Book of Mormon. And oh, I'm funny. pretty yeah. sure I was, like... 
first year college, maybe I was a senior in high school. I, I, I don't remember, but I was at least freshly out of Spanish or about to be oh, done okay. with Spanish. Okay. And so I kept it because I was interested in the religion and also I wanted to keep my, keep up my Spanish. Yeah. Oh, good for you. So two in one. I have that. If anybody's interested in That's Spanish, funny. Um. But anyway, the Hare Krishna. Some people will join it because they have a disgust for modern technology, which I was interested to hear about that. That's interesting. Yeah, a lot of young people. Huh. It's a lot of young people. Um, They hope to achieve some kind of self-realization and discover the spiritual meaning of life. So a lot of people that join it have like identity confusion or loneliness and And isolation. And they like it because it's not Christian. (laughs) And all the phases of daily activity are tightly scheduled and all the rules must be followed. Yes. Or you can't be in it. That's right. Most activities are done in a group, and there is only one authority, so that goes back to what we were talking about with the characteristics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, leniency is only given to new believers, but pressure to perform according to the group rules gradually increase. Um, all symbols of the prior self are stripped away, and a new identity as mm-hmm. a Krishna devotee is created, which I yep. thought was interesting because we say Christianese is put on the old self, or put on the new self. Whoa, do not put on the old no, self. No, 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 throw that do away. Do not do that. Throw that away, kill it, murder it. Yeah. Freudian slip. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> if Freud wasn't such a... <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that, like, they have their own language, but a lot of it pulls from Christian language. Yes. A lot of it pulls from that. So it's it can be kind of hard to distinguish. Like, they say in Hare Krishna that your old self is thrown out and you have, you have this new self that, this new identity that is created because you are devoted to Krishna and we have this new self that is put on because we are devoted to Christ. Yeah. And I think that the ideas are really similar because Because people steal from Christianity. Demons steal from Christianity. Demons are not creative. They can't think of a completely new religion outside of Christ because they know the word of God. But they will do everything in their power to distort what they know about Christ to make people believe anything else except for Christ. And you talk about, man, you talked about the abuse aspect of it earlier, like sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. But then there's just also like physical abuse. Like the Hare Krishna, when, yeah. I was, when I was researching this, regional gurus have unquestionable authority over all devotees in their temple, uh-huh. which means that spouses are chosen by the leadership and husbands have the authority to beat their wives if they do not obey. Interesting. That is so sad. Yes. But when you are preaching to somebody, when you're evangelizing to somebody in this cult, you don't want to say submit to your husbands because mm-hmm. that can be really triggering. But you have to introduce it in a way that that is hope-giving. So you still yeah. want to preach that truth to them, but you need to be gentle in the way that you do it because that can really hold them back of... Well, I've been submitting to him and all I did was gotten beat. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there is this aspect of you got to be gentle with them. Yep. You got to be gentle with people that aren't believers, whether yes. they're in a cult or outside or not in one. Yes. Especially if they're coming out of a cult and you're trying to help them. Like, you yeah. can't go in it in a cage stage. You really can't. <laughs> yeah. Be under submission to your pastors and elders <laughs> and chill for a second and love those around around you in very simple ways do not go full force because scripture says that god desires all to be saved and he loves all people because he is the author of them and he has made them all in their image 
that means you have to love them and be gentle with them and let that fruit of the spirit shine like nothing else you know that self-control cage stagers gotta use it gotta chill cage stagers mean well like we've all all new believers have been in a cage stage Mm -hmm. for sure yes so of course you're going to be excited because you just learned truth Uh you just got eternal life Uh who would not be excited about that Uh but you gotta be gentle Mm -hmm. you gotta be gentle yes you do cool well, there's a whole lot of examples, and we don't have a whole lot of time to get into them. But I feel like the Hare Krishna is a really good example because it's not like a fringe move to Christianity, but still kind of is because everything is, I would say everything is a fringe movement of Christianity because demons aren't creative. But to give some other examples, and y'all can research on your own time, um, obviously Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, I feel like those are the ones that Christians immediately think of. Um, Scientology. I would also add the NAR movement and the Word of Faith movement. That might be stepping on some toes from some people, but if you want to have conversation of that, we can have conversation. Maybe we'll, we'll do an episode of that. Also, there's really good resources like Doreen Virtue. Yeah, dude. On YouTube. She's sick. She oh has gosh. her own channel and you can research, like you can just search in the little YouTube whatever and say like during virtue nar and she yeah, has dude. she has like interviews of people that have come out of these movements so it's just she's the best she's really cool and her, her own testimony that is crazy she's cool so she like just became a christian she used to be a really big name in new ageism is that how you would say it i think in so new that's also movement. a cult also a cult <laughs> yeah she like just became a believer in like 2015 and she used to be like the face of new ageism like she was on oprah talking about new age practices and stuff and she has a bunch of new age books and she just a couple years ago got all the publishers to stop publishing more of her stuff which is cool that's great so and she's so excited that god was able to to do that um but now she has all these resources about nar about new ageism about um progressive christianity Uh, whoops triggering for some Yikes. people Ooh. i wouldn't say bethel's a cult i wouldn't i wouldn't go as far as cults as well i would say they have cult-like personalities yes or characteristics but i'm not saying that bethel's a cult yes but because i do believe that there are real believers that attend yes. bethel yes mm-hmm. me too i would say that as well yes. but it's a slippery slope yes. i would i would say it's a very slippery slope to uh maybe one or two more characteristics and <laughs> mm-hmm I don't know. Especially when there are previous believers who used to practice New Age, like Doreen Virtue, like Stephen Bancars, who don't see anything different between their New Age uh, practices and Bethel. I think that's a red flag. Yeah. I think that's a red flag. I that as well. Um, also, there's uh, Christian Science, if you ever heard of them. Doreen Virtue actually started as a Christian Science and then got into New Age out of that. Interesting. I would also say... Um, ufology i think that's ridiculous that that's the actual word for it meaning like aliens and stuff like that i would say that is cult-like in beliefs in aliens yeah in people who have had encounters with quote aliens like i don't deny their experiences however i wouldn't call them aliens i would call them demons (laughs) well and your experience doesn't dictate theology yes if what you experience cannot be backed up by scripture, you shouldn't believe it. Yeah, uh-huh. correct. That is true. Don't do it if Christ says not to do it. When scripture specifically says not 
to practice things that pagans do, especially like the Ephesian church when they realized that they were worshiping pagan idols, they burned them. They destroyed their pagan practices. So we don't get to coddle our new age practices because we think that they can be sprinkled with Christianese and it's okay. We don't get to do that. Well, yeah, and scripture tells us to test all the spirits. Yeah. And so even if there is an angel from God telling you some freaky stuff, you test it. Yes. You have to test it. So all those UFO... Mm-hmm. I don't even know what you said earlier. UFOlogy. All is the study of aliens and UFOs. <laughs> all the UFOlogists <laughs> yes. that claim to have experienced an alien... You better be testing those. You better say, hey, is Jesus Lord? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me who Jesus is? Is Jesus King of Kings, Lord of Lords, only one worthy of worship? If they say no, then you're encountering a demon. Yes. If they say yes, then maybe aliens are real and they have souls. And I don't know. Mm. But I would say no. I would we argue don't. against that. We would. We don't see anything in scripture. I don't think aliens are real, for the record. If someone is claiming they met an alien, they met a demon. That's my final decision on that. Test (laughs) everything against scripture. Is it biblical? Is it contextually biblical? Mm -hmm. Not just biblical, how I like to interpret some Uh verses to make me feel good biblical. We don't eisegete, we exegete. Mm -hmm. I think Doreen Virtue would say narcegete, which I don't think I had heard that before I I listened to her. I haven't either. But she said that like... Like Stephen Furtick does like narcissus. Like That's he, hilarious. He does eisegesis, but then he impl- he puts himself in the text. So it's narcissus, which I thought was funny. That is funny. I've never heard that before. Um, so yeah, look up um, Herbert Armstrong. Look up the World Mission Society Church of God. Look up the Church of Israel. That's crazy. Look up Sozo practices. Look up the Cosmic Christ and Universalism. Look up... I know everyone's heard of this because of 2020. Critical race theory and intersectionality and postmodernism, the the deconstruction movement, the Marxism, communism, socialism movement. Those are all cult practices. Their origins are not of God and therefore cannot be redeemed for God. But I wanted to end on this verse so that people have something to meditate on scripturally. This is from Colossians 2. Starting in verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and are overflowing with gratitude. See to it that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, rather than in in accordance with Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is head over every ruler and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with circumcision performed without hands and the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through the faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. All you need is Christ. We need the gospel. And people are only rescued from cults by the truth of the gospel. Therefore, we need to be speaking the truth of the gospel to a world that is becoming more and more cultish. Now we're going to lighten the mood. Yes. Then we're going to play Would You Rather. <laughs> <laughs> happy notes. Ending on happy notes. Okay. Would you rather 
Give up cheese or give up chocolate? Give up cheese, hands down. That's easy for me because I'm obsessed with chocolate. Although I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to chocolate, like actual cocoa, but I love chocolate. I can't get up without chocolate. I would give up chocolate because I'm pretty sure I'm also allergic to chocolate because (laughs) it makes my throat itch. It makes my throat burn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe it's not so good of an idea. Yeah, but it's so good. It's so good. But I think cheese is so much more versatile. Like, you can have it on quesadillas. You got pizza rolls. You got pizza. You got bagel bites. You got hot Cheetos. Mm. You got Cheez-Its. You got cheddar sour cream chips. I mean, you have everything with cheese. What do you have with chocolate? Ice cream? But ice cream is way better than all of those cheese items, for the record. No, no, no. I could eat an entire pizza by myself before I had like 10 bites of an ice cream. No, Erica. It's so sugary, I can't do it. I love sugar. I'm a sweet Mm. tooth, though. No, no. Not me. Okay. Well, there's our difference. (laughs) Well, 65% of people said give up chocolate. So the people agree with me on this one. They want cheese. They love cheese. Whatever. Um, Would you rather give up Chick-fil-A or give up Popeyes? Okay. When I saw this question, I probably had to stop for like 10 to 15 minutes and just like think about it. (laughs) Because if any of y'all know me... I'm a Chick-fil-A person, okay? I could eat Chick-fil-A every day, easily. However, what's the question again? Give up one or the other? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the thing. If you could just export Chick-fil-A fries to Popeyes, it's Popeyes hands down because their menu is more diverse than Chick-fil-A's menu, I would argue. So you'd give up Popeyes, but... Oh, wait... I think, well, I think ultimately, with their menus as is, I would give up Chick-fil-A and keep Popeyes, which is crazy for me to say. It's crazy for me to say. I know. I know it's crazy for me to say, but it's just because they have a more diverse menu and I love their crispiness. I love the Chick-fil-A's battering and how they cook it, but I love the crunch of Popeyes overall and you can get biscuits you can get mashed potatoes you can get some mac and cheese you can get french fries um you probably don't want french fries from popeyes their french fries are real freaking disappointing man (laughs) like i was expecting some cajun fries and it was just like a soggy sad mess well that's sad it was really sad with just like black pepper on it i'm like these aren't even cajun how soon after you got them did you eat them like a while no like immediately oh it's yeah, really sad. sad it's like whataburger fries i've never had hot whataburger fries i can eat them like that's sad like right after i get it like you munch on it on your munch on the fries on your way home they were cold by the time they hit my seat that's so sad it was really doing sad. whataburger but if it's just a comparison of the fries it's chick-fil-a fries duh like, no one has better f- fries than Chick-fil-A. Would you agree? I don't know. Arby's curly fries? Oh, curly fries are a different game. I feel like they're a different category. Most well, are waffle fries. Uh, mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> not when we're talking about Chick-fil-A. It's I, think not... <laughs> they're, I think curly fries are cooked differently. Because they have a different flavor. Yeah, like, they're so good. Arby's yes. and, uh, is it 
Jack in the Box has curly fries? I think so. I can't. I don't oh. go to Jack in the Box. Is I it Jack know. in the Box that has those tacos? Yes. That like has the 99 a, cent tacos? Like a literal piece of craft cheese in the tacos? <laughs> oh, no. When I saw that, <laughs> I couldn't eat them anymore. It's not like they were good to begin with. I don't think I've ever but gotten anything from Jack in the Box ever. Craft cheese should not be put in your tacos. I don't, like, I get that they're a burger place, but man. That's all they have? Oh, no. Man. No, 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 Like, no, no, no. I think they're a burger place. I, I might be wrong. I don't know nothing about them. I don't really know. My mom calls them Barf in the Bag. <laughs> She's probably right. <laughs> We're never going to get a sponsor from Jack in the Box. Uh, sorry, Jack. <laughs> oh. I would give up Popeye's. Because I, too, thought about this for a while, but it really came down to the sauce for me. That's fair. I That's can't fair. give up Chick-fil-A sauce. Like, I mean, it's good. I don't think it's that good, but I'm also very plain Jane. Like, I could eat anything without sauce. So. Not me. 82% agreed. What did you say? Give up pop- <laughs> No, I said give up Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Who agrees with me? 82% said give up Popeye's. Because Chick-fil-A is better. It's just because Chick-fil-A is nice. They're so nice there. Yeah, it's the Lord's chicken. You can't forsake the Lord's chicken. I think they've done some things recently that are not honoring of the Lord. That's my opinion. It's fine. I don't... I stay out of that. I'm in it for the chicken. (laughs) I'm in it for the sauce. Um, Okay, would you rather give up pizza or give up tacos? Okay, here's the thing, everybody. So, your girls got a a lot of food allergies. A lot. And here's some main ones. Um, Tomatoes, wheat and corn, dairy. Um, Basically, the essentials of pizza and tacos, I can't eat. However, if I'm taking away my allergies and pretending they don't exist, um, I think I would... Wait, what's the question? Get rid of one? Yeah. I think I, would, I think I would get rid of pizza and keep tacos. However, <laughs> however, if the option of living in reality and embracing my allergies exists, I'm going to go with pizza because at Mod and Fire Pie and Blaze, and usually like all of those types of pizza places... They got that gluten-free cauliflower crust that I can eat. They got um, like a pesto sauce that I can deal with or just like an olive oil base. And sometimes they got goat cheese, which is awesome. I love goat cheese because it's not dairy (laughs) and I can eat it. Um, And sometimes they got vegan cheese, which is basically eating melted plastic, but (laughs) sometimes you can deal with it. And then I can get all the meat and vegetables I want. So if we're living in reality, I'm going to keep my pizza and get rid of tacos. But if in a world where I can eat wherever I want, I'm going to keep tacos and get rid of pizza. Oh my God. We're zero for three right now. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe this. I love like the deep friedness of a nice crunchy taco. Dude. Get a calzone then. (laughs) And keep pizza. (laughs) Nah. No oh, man, I love pizza too much. Look, I'm a burrito gal anyway. I don't care about tacos. <laughs> Give me a burrito. Throw out that taco crap. That's stupid. I want burritos, so I'm going to keep pizza. So because... if you ever go to like Rubio's or Chipotle or something, you're getting a burrito? I usually get a bowl. That's fair. That's fair. But I, I think them offering tacos is such a waste of time. I agree with 
with that assessment for Chipotle. Chipotle isn't that great anyways, in general. The thing that really saves Chipotle for me is their guac. I don't care about their guac. I love their chips. Mm. Those lime chips, dude. If they got the right amount of saltiness on them, they're so freaking good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to stick with pizza. But people <sighs> agree with you this time. 50, they do? Yeah, 59% I'm kind of shocked. Oh, that's very pizza. close. That's very close. Yeah, 59 to 41. Man, I can't even believe people. I honestly cannot even believe people. (laughs) (laughs) Give up pizza. Are you kidding me? The nerve of some of y'all. The nerve. (laughs) All right. Would you rather only dip in ketchup or only dip in ranch? Again. Allergies. (laughs) Um, I'm allergic to tomatoes. I'm allergic to dairy. (laughs) (laughs) However. Dairy-free ranch. I'm you sure, can't get tomato I'm free sure ketchup. you can. It's probably like a coconut based bullcrap. Yeah, it's probably horrible. Um, I like coconuts, but coconut based ranch? I don't like coconut anything. Blech. I try to because most non dairy ice cream is coconut based mm-hmm. and it's stupid. Unless it's like supposed to be like a fruity situation, then it's okay. Because sometimes they can do, like, a pina colada situation, and that's pretty good. Ooh, yum. But, um... Yum. I forgot what I was saying. Ketchup or ranch? (laughs) (laughs) You're right! Um, so, prior to having allergies, I would say ketchup all the way, because I don't like ranch at all. I've never liked ranch. (laughs) Pre-allergies, post-allergies, I don't care about ranch at all. Look, Hidden Valley, I'm trying to get a sponsor. Well, they can have sponsors. I don't want them to be my sponsor. You can just pay me then. <laughs> Give me both mine and Kirsten's pay. <laughs> and I'll make sure that it goes to a great place to buy more ranch. Or just give me a year supply of ranch. But here's the thing, Erica. I feel like ranch people don't like Hidden Valley. What? Most Who? ranch people I know think Hidden Valley is like water. Who? I need to talk to them. Uh, my husband. <laughs> He's a ranch guy? He's a ranch guy, and yes. he doesn't like Hidden Valley? Correct. Is he really a ranch guy? I would say no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he likes, his favorite ranch is um, Red Robin's Ranch. Oh, yeah, theirs is good. Has he ever had um, Wings, Stop, Wings Street? The one with the sweet fries? They really like sugary fries, oh. but their ranch is very good. Sugary fries? Yeah, because... What does that even mean? Well, like, Are they they're... putting brown sugar on these potatoes? No, I think they forgot where the sugar and the oh. salt were because <laughs> they were so sugary. But I also think that it might be because their wings are so, so spicy. That they balance it out or something. Yeah, but I don't know. But, man, I do like Ken's Ranch. You ever had that? Who's Ken? <laughs> He has Caesar. You know what? I I think I've had his Caesar before. I remember it being good. <laughs> I, I his ranch know. is really good too. So Ken, if you're out there, yeah, uh, they can sponsor us. Not Hidden Valley though. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Oh, you gotta get. Me. Does he get buttermilk? Does he get the buttermilk? Oh, I one? don't know. He well, he he's never bought it. I've Skyler, never seen it in my you fridge. To this, you gotta get the buttermilk <laughs> ranch from Hidden Valley. Ooh, you know what's really good too. <laughs> The spicy ranch from Hidden Valley. What makes Chef's Kiss? <laughs> I think they have like habanero or something in it. Habanero? So good. That sounds intense. Yeah, it's so good. You dip it in your pizza. And it's so yummy. I don't know about that, y'all. Oh, man. Okay. Well, 
But I don't care. I would eat fries or anything without any sauce, so. No, 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 no. Who do people agree with? Oh, they agree with me, I think. Probably. 66 said only dip in ranch. That's me, right? Yes. Yeah, that's me. 34 said only dip in ketchup. Because you can't dip, you shouldn't dip your pizza in ketchup. That's gross. Well, that's nasty. But well, here's the thing, Erica. There's already tomatoes on pizza. But it's not that sweet. Ketchup is like sweet. I wouldn't say ketchup is sweet. I would say it's vinegary. What? No. Ketchup's made with vinegar. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to post a poll. Um, when this episode releases, and I'm going to ask you guys if it's vinegary or sugary, and we'll settle this. But, Erica, it's not its not a question of people's opinion. It's a fact that it's made with vinegar. It's also made with sugar. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'll a high fructose it. corn syrup, perhaps? I don't know. Isn't that sugary? I suppose it's a form of sugar. It's a bad form of sugar. I wouldn't call it sugar, though. I would call it... High fructose corn syrup? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're different. I don't know. It tastes okay, sugary whatever. to me more than vinegar. Well, you shouldn't and put vinegar on your person. pizza anyway. Blah, That's just me. <laughs> Some people are into that, though. Uh, anyway. Okay, last one. Would you rather... <laughs> Would you rather... Oh, I hate this one. Eat through your nose or eat through your ears? You. I hate thinking about both of them. I'm pretty sure when I read this question, I said I would rather eat through my nose just because it was closer to your mouth and you could probably taste because of your olfactory senses and all that junk. Um, however, I'm intrigued by the idea of still maintaining a conversation with someone and just like pushing something into your ear. <laughs> yeah, I, so I imagine funny. like someone sharpening a pencil in their ear, but just like sliding <laughs> like a carrot right into your ear. Uh-huh. Wouldn't that be so much fun? <laughs> oh, gosh. I just wonder, would you temporarily go deaf in that While ear? you're eating? While it's like... Or is it just like freaking loud? Does it still... Ew. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. <gasps> like Whoa. the little mini teeth in your ear are just chomping down. <laughs> <laughs> like the Sarlacc pit. Oh, my God. I've... I didn't even think about you needing teeth. <laughs> in your ear or your nose i just figured it was a way like a direct way to your digestive it just like like an assembly line just like Mm -hmm. just shoots right in there or something ew i don't know what i would do part of me is really intrigued by the ear as well but practically i think i would choose the nose practically there's nothing (laughs) practical practical about this question in a world with logic I would choose my nose <laughs> because, ew, but what if no. you have like garlic bread? I don't want to smell that. What if oh, you got boogers in your nose, man? Are you eating your boogers ew, I as could well? I puke thinking about that. Ugh, I hate you, boogers. You have to be consuming your boogers at the same time. Ew, okay, then I would, ew, but ew, With your the- earwax? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. It's the equivalent to saliva, I'm assuming. I did not even think about these things. <laughs> there are a lot of factors to consider. All right, well, you'd have to you blow eat. your nose every time before you eat, or you'd have to clean out your ears. I think cleaning out your ears is way easier than blowing your nose every time, so I guess I'm going to stick with the ears. Oh, my gosh. I think I'm in agreement with you. I think I'm going to go with the ears, cause just because just I think it's fun. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you couldn't eat as much because I feel like your nostrils are bigger than your ear. Whatever. <laughs> Drums. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I play the piano. I don't know anything about drums. I, <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think your ear holes are bigger than your nostrils. At least at like the smallest parts. Well, oh. I guess you can put spaghetti through your nose. And I'm thinking like pizza crust. Like pizza a good crust. DiGiorno pizza DiGiorno pizza crust. DiGiorno's? Mm-hmm. That's not good. <gasps> what? What do you like? You well, don't try I have, a good Hungry Howie's. I think it's Hungry Howie's is good, man. Wow, it's been ages since I've had that. <laughs> but I get stupid like the is it called the Daya pizza? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because I have to get the one that's like <laughs> It's cauliflower based and no tomato base. Mm, that's so sad. Yeah. It's good though. It's like a spinach white sauce situation. Ooh. Dude, it's good. Yeah. All right. Well, 71% of you guys said eat through your nose. So I guess we're the, the odd ones out. They're the practical ones of the All bunch. Right. But everyone that said eat through your nose, just picture. Sicken a thing of uh, carrots through your ear. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that, I think that's enough. Okay. I'm going loopy. No more laughing. All right. Thanks for uh, talking about cults with us. Thanks. Don't join one. Yeah, don't join one. Um, Read your Bibles so you know how to fight against them. And thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys next week. Yes. And Not a question. <laughs> we will. <laughs> <laughs> and all glory be to Christ. Bye. Later. Later.